playing golf with a hand grenade. The moment you make connection, destruction is inevitable. <laughs> I want to be so full of the Holy Ghost that if B stings me, he flies away singing there's power in the blood. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> oh, God is good. God is good. In the genealogy of Jesus, we find corrupt kings and Ahab, a Rahab, I'm sorry, a harlot. But in Christ, nothing in your past can impede the arrival of your miracle. Now let me explain to you what impede meant. I'm going to be like Michael told Sister Jennifer this morning. She was talking. Can I tell it? She was talking to his teacher. And she's asked her, what did he want to be? And he wanted to be a fireman, a scientist, or an entrepreneur. And he heard her telling his teacher this. He said, Mama, don't say entrepreneur. Just tell her, because she may not understand that word. <laughs> Just tell her, I want to own my own business. <laughs> so let me tell you what impede means it means to hinder or obstruct to hamper or hold back to delay to interfere with to disrupt to slow down to hobble to cripple to block to stop to frustrate to derail or throw a monkey wrench in it it's my time for god's favor my time to be blessed my blessing is coming my way God is on our side when it don't look like it or feel like it. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. Even when I can't see him, he's working. Woo! All right, I'm going to try to calm down. Leonard Ravenhill said a man may study because his brain is hungry for knowledge. But he prays because his soul is hungry for God. I want to pray, don't you? I got to hurry. If God could close the mouth of lions for Daniel, and he could part the sea for Moses, make the sun stand still for Joshua, open prison doors for Peter, put a baby in Sarah's arms, and raise Lazarus from the dead, then he can most certainly take care of you. Nothing you're facing today is too hard for him to handle. And you better believe that. Your tomorrow is better than your yesterday. God found Gideon in a hole yesterday. But on his tomorrow, he became a mighty leader. He found Joseph in a prison yesterday. But on his tomorrow, he stood second man to the king. The Hebrew boys in a fiery furnace yesterday. And on the tomorrow, everybody served their God. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, and they sure didn't burn. Yeah. 
Ruth with a dead husband and nowhere to go yesterday found her tomorrow brought Boaz with the riches that was beyond her wildest dreams. My God. He has a curious way of showing up in our trouble. Where the world sees failure, God sees future. Next time you feel unqualified to be used of God, remember this. He, he tends to recruit from the pit, not the pedestal. Yeah. And tonight, I want to talk about a new season. And God is doing a new thing. Do you believe that? And it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not coming, but it's already happening. It's right now. He's not, he's not going to do it. He is doing it. He's waiting on us. The prophet Isaiah said, forget the former things. Behold, I will do a new thing. Isaiah was a prophet of God, and here he's telling Israel that despite its painful past, despite the agony of the nation's heart, God was going to a new thing with his people Israel. So new, so beautiful, that at the beginning of his passage, he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Now, let me remind you of who this God that we serve is. And I'm going to read these scriptures. You go with me. I'm, I'm going to just start. I'm starting at um, Isaiah 43 and 5. Read it on the screen with me. Fear not. I could sit down right there. <laughs> For I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Now, you got to remember this because at the end it's going to come into play. He said, I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. That's what God's been doing in this house. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Verse 11 says, I, even I, I'm telling you who he is. He said, I'm the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. Verse 13 said, yea, before the day was, I am he. And there is none that can deliver you out of my hand. I will work and who's going to let it? Verse 15 said, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. 16 said, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and path in the mighty waters. 18 said, Remember ye not the former things. Forget about them former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Now it shall bring forth. It shall, and ye shall know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It's a new season. God's doing a new thing. Are you believing that? Throughout scripture, God often brings people to a new place where he does something completely new, amazing, and literally world-changing. We've all been there. As a matter of fact, that's where we are right now. We're watching on the sidelines as God is reconstructing us. 
He's renewing us. He's revamping us. He's reviving us. He's doing a new thing in us and for us and through us. And I'm so excited to be a part of it all. He's jerking us out of our comfort zone. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. In the Bible days, God just, he just sent an angel and peered up in there to Mary. Said, Mary, you're going to be the mother of Jesus. You're going to have a baby. She was a country girl. The Bible said he, he, he went and found her in the country. Because God loves country girls. He said, I want a country girl to be my mama. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, country girl, she's going to cook some good groceries. Her life was forever changed in that moment. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. He's doing a new thing. It may not be what you expected or what we thought it was going to happen because he's God all by himself. But it is happening. Now, I'm going to run through these Bible children. Y'all stay with me. Joseph was the favored son whose life was privileged because he was the favorite son. He had his own Dolly Parton set, coat of many colors that my mama made for me. God wanted us to learn something right here. Oh, Joe, you're not ready for what I want to do with your life. You got some growing to do. Hey, we've, hey a lot of us done been there. <laughs> You've been there and done that. Got some growing to do. He, so, so he... He was betrayed. He was put in a pit. He was sold to slavery, lied on, and imprisoned. And that was a new thing at that time in his life. He had no idea that God was setting him up for a better new thing. By the way, his dreams and visions came to pass just like he dreamed them. Let's don't get crossways with God about what's happening in our world. He just might be setting us up. He lived on to become the most, the second most powerful man in the country. God, has God given you a dream, a vision, a hope? Hold on to it. The pen is still in his hand. He's still writing your story. It ain't over till it's over and it ain't over. I said it ain't over till it's over, and it ain't over. Woo! Hallelujah. There's crossroads ahead of us in our life, and God will use them for his glory or not. Woo, y'all said, what's she saying? It depends on our response and how we react to what's happening in our world, how, how we go through that. God wants to do a new thing in our lives. We as Christians should smell of a constant freshness of God's hand in our lives. Just as people after Christmas giving gifts might smell of a, a cologne or perfume like Vince Camuto or Chanel Number no. 5. Y'all don't wear these colognes no more. Or white diamonds or Escada or Dracar or whatever else. So we should smell of the freshness of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Shane, Lord have mercy. I love a good smelling cologne. <laughs> 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 
And I loved a man that had some good smelling cologne. He'd get in there and get dressed for church. Out there he'd come. I'd smell him. I said, come into my hug, you sweet smelling bug. Come on in my parlor, said the spider to the fly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 I did. Oh, I'm telling you. It's the truth anyhow. He put on that black suit. Oh, hallelujah. I got to looking around Sunday. I told Jeremy, I said, my God, I'm going to have to leave. There's five men in here in a black suit. I, 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 was teaching that, I was teaching on that one time, and I said how much I loved a man in a black suit, and the next Sunday everybody had on black suits. Satan has two primary tactics when it comes to neutralizing your spirituality. Discouragement and fear. You to, for, you to focus, to, for you to focus on past mistakes you've made, that's why he's called the accuser of the brethren. And the end result is a loss of courage. The other tactic is fear. Satan wants to scare the heaven out of you. He wants to put you on your heels so, be, so you become reactive and defensive. That's why he's described as a prowling, roaring lion. Hey, don't forget something. We're human. And that's how God made us. Then he gave us the Holy Ghost. His spirit to be ready to accept and believe for the miraculous. David said, not today, Goliath. The cards aren't falling in your favor, old boy. God's about to do a new thing. He said, you can put on your, your sword and your shield and your spear. But he said, I'm going to come on to you in the name of the Lord. Woo! And he did that. But in the midst of me writing all this down and getting it all together, this, this thing come to me. So I'm going to say it right here. And I put that here. Let me say this right here. <laughs> Don't voice your fears. The enemy is listening. And he can't read your mind. God knows what we think. So when I think of something I need God to do, I say, mm, 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 mm. He knows just what I said. He knows the thoughts and the intents of my heart. Esther was scared senseless. She was going to die with the rest of the Jews. But she trusted in a God that can do a new thing, and he did. He delivered her. Daniel prayed anyway. God delivered him, and I, I could go on about all this stuff, but I'm going somewhere. I got some more stuff I want to say. God delivered him, and uh, the king declared God to be God. And the only God to be prayed to. Now I say something. Them Hebrew boys wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow and they wouldn't burn. And they said, we serve a God who can. And we know he's able. We just want you to know this, Nebuchadnezzar. And that right there is all God heard. When they said, we know he can. We don't know if he will, but we know he can. God said, okay. <laughs> hey, y'all heard that? I'm going to go on down there by my own self. 
Yeah, he said, he said, I'm going to go down there. They throwed them boys up in that fire. Old Nebuchadnezzar got to looking over there. I, them other guys burned up that throwed him in there. But he, got, he must have been high enough he could see into the fire. This just amazes me. He said, hey, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? They said, yes, we did. He said, hey, there's four men, and they unbound, and they walking around in there. Wait, wait, the best part ain't yet. He said, and lo, the fourth man looks like the Son of God. Wait, how did he know what God looked like? He ain't never seen God. How, I, I, that just troubled me. You have an answer? I don't know. He just said he looks like the son of God. I think he was shining. I think he was glowing. I think he had his armor on. I think he had a sword in his hand. I think he cut them bonds off of them boys. He said, hey, I'm going to take care of you. You believed it and you spoke it. I believe in speaking your world into existence. And that's another message. And I can't preach it right now. You may have had a thousand bad breaks. You don't use that as an excuse to be negative. Now, for those of you that don't know me, I am not negative. Don't tell me nothing negative. I was, I was in a conversation with some folks over the weekend, and I got puffed about it. Because one of them said we was talking about the Covidical going on. And they said, it's not over. Oh, it's going to get worse. I just got my person left. I don't have time for that. Hey, you tell me something possible. I believe God is the author and the finisher of my faith. And he can protect me and keep me from this mess. He's watching over me every day that I live. And he cares about what goes on in my world. Sit down. Y'all sit down. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> One good break can make up for all the bad breaks. One touch of God's favor can catapult you further than you ever imagined. You may feel like you're getting behind. You're not where you thought you'd be in life by now. Don't worry, God knows how to make up for lost time. He can accelerate things. Now you got to do your part. Shake off that negative mentality. Shake off pessimism and discouragement and self-pity. Get your fire back. Life is passing by. You don't have time to waste being negative. You have a destiny to fulfill. You have an assignment to accomplish. What's in your future is greater than anything you've seen in your past. We need to get rid of Murphy's Law and live by the opposite. Your attitude should be, if anything can go right today, it's going to go right and happen to me at the best time. <laughs> Nothing will be as difficult as it looks. Nothing will take as long as it seems. Why? Because you are highly favored. Yeah. Almighty God is breathing in your direction. You've been anointed and equipped and empowered. Set your mind for victory and keep it and say, my, and say it. Let me say that again. I was in a hurry. I said, set your mind for victory and keep it and say it. You say I am victorious. I don't care what it looks like. 
I just told you about these people that looked bad for them, and God turned it around. I'm going to tell you some more stuff. This is Bible stuff. I'm going to get down to some real day stuff. Woo, I may have to have part two. <laughs> A series. <laughs> if I don't get through, we'll do this next Wednesday night. <laughs> okay, here we go. My challenge today is for you to keep your mind going in the right direction. When you're positive, you're in the jet stream of God. Learn to think positive thoughts on purpose. Mm, this will be a great day. Something good is going to happen to me today. Start off your day in faith. If you've developed a positive mindset, you will not only be happier and healthier and stronger, but also I believe you will accomplish more than you ever dreamed. Yes. You will overcome obstacles and look that looked impossible, and you will become everything God has created you to be. And you will and you will open the door for this new season and new thing that God is doing today. Yes. Let me give you a little tip. It don't cost you nothing. If people start talking negative around you, leave. <laughs> or just say, hey, 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 hey. I serve a living God. I don't know about you. <laughs> My God takes care of me. And when I ask him for something, he, he tried to make a way for it to happen too. I have myself a note. It said, Trudy, look at the time. <laughs> I still got time. <laughs> Now, let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. I told you about the Bible. We all believe the Bible. You read the Bible. You've read them stories. You heard it in Bible school. You've heard all of those stories. I, I didn't tell you all that. Let me tell you something. Y'all know Phyllis, my sister? She was here this weekend, but she didn't get to come in. She has a straight line to heaven. I'm not lying to you a bit. When she says, God, I need, he said, hey, 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 hey. Y'all better listen. Because it's going to take several of you angels to take care of what she's going to need. <laughs> she asked him, God, put air, put, put, she said, send an angel down here. And that's the way she talks to Send an angel down here. God put his finger in that tire. Can you imagine that poor old angel trying to keep up with her going down that interstate <laughs> until I can get to a place to stop? And he did. Yes. <laughs> that poor angel was broke, broke and bruised. He got to heaven. He said, Lord, send somebody else for that woman, not me. I can't take it. Oh, I'm going to tell you. And, and hey, she's specific when she's praying. And when I tell you God hears that girlfriend, it, listen, let me tell you something. She's poor as a snake. Yeah, however poor that is. He slithers on his belly. He can't even walk. That's pretty poor. You don't have to have nothing in this life. You hear me? You ain't got to be rich. You ain't got to be poor. I like having a little more. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I have been poor. Maybe not quite as poor as a snake, but I, I've been poor in my lifetime. Uh, now, if you take a note, you might want to get your notebook and write this in your notes because you might want to refer to this later on. Phyllis, we were having a... Back when Brother Spikes was here, that good-looking man I was talking about, 
we would, y'all, we was just wild. We was just wild. We do wild stuff. But we had Brother Guy coming to take up an offering. And so back in that day, hey, people had just come and emptied their wallet right here on, on didn't they, Brother Pastor? They just emptied their wallet. I mean, Brother Kenny Hill, he'd, put, he'd take everything out of his wallet. It didn't matter to him. But anyway, Phyllis and Dwight had, had, the storm had come through, and they had a little money left. And as a matter of fact, had about $500 left. And, and, she, and uh, she told the Whiteford Church, she said, I'm going to tell you right now. She said, I, I know that Brother Guy's coming, and I know we're taking that offering, but that's just for our floor, for our house. We got we to buy this floor. We got everything else done, but we got to get this floor done. So they got the church sitting right back there. Brother Guy got to giving it to us left and right. She punched the white. She said, get, give me some money. <laughs> it ain't mine anyway. And if God give it to me, if I give it, he's going to take care of me and he'll give it back to me. $250, she come put half of her money on here. She said, here, God, and she said, it's yours anyway. It, I, it, it ain't nothing. Next morning, she got up. Somebody knocked over and said, hey, come, come get, get your clothes on. Come go with me. She said she got in the car and went with them, and they went over to Lowe's, and they said, get in here and pick out your floor. She got in there and picked out. She said, I tried to pick out the cheapest thing I could and got, got the floor picked out. and said, I started leaving. They said, wait, come back. Pick out your carpet. So she picked out her carpet. They went back there and got back to the house. They said, well, just, just wait until tomorrow. I'm going to come put it in for you. $1,350 worth. <laughs> oh, she believed God. Another time, she said, God, I need a van. I could tell you many more stories, and I have told them, but a lot of you have not heard any of these stories. And uh, uh, Trey, you'll love this. Uh, she said, I need a van. And so she, she told everybody, she told people, you know, she needed a van. So Trey's grandfather came to her. He said, hey, Phyllis, he said, I, I got a van. He said, uh, it's, it's, I work with the state, and they're getting rid of it, and, and yada, yada. And uh, he, she said, what color is it? He said, it's gold. She said, that's the color I want. That's my van. He said, well, she had prayed. She said, now, God, I want a van, and I want it gold, and I want it for $3,000. She's specific, I'm telling you. So she did. She, she, he said, she said, well, how much they want? He said, they want $3,500 for it. It was on Sunday morning. She got in her car, and she said, okay, God. She said, now, you know, I done talked to you. She said, now, he's got the van, and it's gold. But they want $3,500 for it. And I said, $3,000. So what you going to do? <laughs> she come back to church on Sunday night. His grandpa came up to her. He said, Sister Phyllis, he said, they called me, said they'll take $3,000 for it. <laughs> She said, all right. She said, God, I got my van, I got the color, and I got it for $3,000. On the way home, she said, now, God, somebody got to give me $3,000. God did. They brought her the money the next day, paid for the car and paid for the license and the, and the plates for her. I'm going to tell you something. God will do a new thing. God will do a new This other day, she, she was buying her another car. And she needed it, and it went. It was she found, it, and it was what she wanted, and and it was white, and 
And it had, they was working on the headlights and they was refixing and all that. And she said, okay, when you get through with it, she said, I want it. She done told God, she said, God, I want it for $4,000. And so uh, she went to, uh, the lady got it fixed and called her. And she said, well, she said, how much you want for it? She said, well, I want $4,500 for it. So she didn't say nothing. She said, okay, I got to go by the bank and get the money. She went to the bank, got her $4,500 out. And she went and met the girl. The girl come out of the store, I mean, out of the place. And she got out of the car and. She walked up to the lady and she said, here, count this money and be sure it's right. Hey, when you pour, you count that money seven times. <laughs> be sure you ain't giving an extra 20 in there, you know what I mean? And uh, so she, she did and, she, and Phyllis turned to go into business, in the place of business to get the work done. And the lady said, wait, wait, come back here. She said, well, what is it? She, had, had, she said, here, I'm going to give you $500 back. So she got it for her $4,000 and got in there, and the tax and title and stuff was right at $500. So God took care of her. Now, this year has been a new year for destiny, of destiny for this church. We went from Little River when I came here 31 years ago to a flowing, overflowing banks that we now call the river. And God's doing a new thing at the river. I say, God's doing a new, it's been a new season. This year has been a new season. I want to say, I don't know, Brother Ralph and Brother Blake, if it was at the first of this year or the end of last year. But they came, they was, they was at a crossroads in the beginning. And, and uh, they didn't know what direction to turn. And things weren't looking good for the revived recovery team. And, and they did the only thing they knew to do. And they went to the only person they did know to go. And that was to God. And they told him they, uh, that he could help. And guess what happened? It was a new season. And God did a new thing. He called Pastor. He said, Pastor, I want to tell you. He said, things going on and, and this. And, and he was trying to tell him. Pastor said, you ain't got to say no more, Brother Ralph. God told me about this a long time ago. What took you so long to get here? is done come tomorrow night and you'll really see what the Lord has done and he ain't even through Woo! Scotty Cooper ain't had a thought about what God was doing in his life he thought about it and he wanted it and he, he tried and he wanted and he'd cry some more but he just couldn't get a hold of it until God got him by the hair of the head and shook him up and he said Okay, God, I give up. And God's doing a new thing. He's loving it. He's loving revive. He's loving work with these people. I'm going to tell you something. <coughs> God's a good God. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. And even when I can't see him, he's working. He's an on-time God. Oh, yes, he is. People, I, I, I want to be real. I, I, I've prided myself in being real. When you see me in the street, I want to be the same person you see me when I'm up here in this church house. I'm not nobody. But I, I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want you to feel like you can accomplish your goals. 
I want you to be an encourage. I, I want to be an encourager to the family of God. Now, I took this. I took this message from seventeen different places. I got a little bit. I got some of your stuff in, but. But I, when I was writing this the first time, and it's, I haven't spoke for probably two years, so it's been longer than that. But now listen how God is. I'm writing this on the time that I was going to speak at this other time. Y'all got that? <laughs> While I was sitting in my living room typing the message I was typing, I heard a sound. Now, I love airplanes, and I'm a fanatic about an airplane. When I was a little girl, when I, I, we lived way in the country, way further than I live right now. And, if we, and the airplanes, by the time they got to us, they were so high in the air, but I loved the airplane. I'd go out there and look for it, and I'd see it. And I was just so excited. It was about a mile high, about a speck up in the sky. But I could, I could hear it flying over, and I'd run to see if I could find it. Well, this noise on this day kept getting louder and stronger, and it was coming my way. And I knew it was more than just one chopper coming. So what I did, you know what I done. I run right outside my house. I'm running out there on the porch and my heart's just pumping. And, and I'm looking in the sky and I'm, I, I, I'm fixing to see not one, but five choppers coming right over my property. I, I, I really want to jump up and down and scream like a little kid. Just, hey, can you see me? I see you. Oh, I just was having a time. All five of them come, beating out a sound, a loud sound, rumbling the atmosphere with power and with a great shaking. Hey, they was coming from the west. You remember a while ago when I said they was, it was they're going to gather them from the west. <clears throat> he bringing a, a strong wind. Just let me believe it was God speaking to me and confirmation of what was happening and what is happening in, in the spirit world. Now, that's what I was saying at that time when I was speaking. Believe this or not, so help me, God, I am not lying. I'm, right, I'm reading this to myself. I take it after you. I didn't even think about that. Here they come. <laughs> Here come some helicopters over my house day before yesterday while I was riding this. I said, God, you're still doing a new thing. We're still in a new season. Things are happening. Woo! Jesus, have mercy, Lord. Woo! Tiffany, I was going to say, if you're going to play that keyboard, you better come on because I'm just there. I'm going to say this, and Pastor can come. She said, I'm going to go sing for altar. I said, I'm not giving an altar call. But I mean, you know, y'all can sing, shout, and run, whatever you want to do. Listen to this, and I'm through. You won't find him. This song was written. I hadn't heard it in years, but I had it in my stuff. I won't read you the whole song. I'm going to read you the chorus. You won't find him again at the whipping post. Standing there so meek. He won't be nailed to a rugged cross. With nails through his hands and through his feet. You'll, there'll never be another Calvary. Because he don't have to prove one thing. Today the lamb became the lion. And the lion became the king. And today the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. And he's doing a new thing at the river. We're in a new Holy Ghost season. Would you stand and clap your hands to the Lord. God is so good. Thank you. We're going down.